we can, if people are interested, go through the mission completed process and like the end of session stuff. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm yeah. good. Okay, so uh, when you complete a mission, um, the first thing you do is you go through the reward process. So you get a supply roll from your employing faction. Um, you are employed by the Democratic Federated Systems for this mission, care of the 99th Intelligence Corps, and you roll dice equal to the target's tier plus the employer faction status. So the hatchet men were tier one, and your relationship with the DFS is zero. They don't know or care who you are. <laughs> so roll. who wants to roll one die? Sure, I got it. Uh, it's a four. That's a four. Okay, so that means uh, I'll keep track of this stuff on the digital squad sheet. You get four supply points. Nice. And then you get a bonus that is determined by who your employer is. Since you work for the democracy, you get an additional material and an additional personnel. Ooh. Those are... The type, uh, well, we'll just go over that with the next step. Mm -hmm. The next step is to assign the generic supply points you got, the four of them, as material or personnel. Material is stuff uh, that will help benefit vehicles, generally speaking, and mm -hmm. personnel is stuff that will generally help benefit pilots. Hmm. Um, so how do you want to split your four points between material and personnel? Would it be possible to take a personnel who's like a mechanic yeah. who then helps fix our mechs? Yeah, what you can do is get, um, during downtime, you could spend the personnel to get acquire, do the acquire asset to get a temporary like specialist mechanic. Okay. But if you are doing the repairs yourself, you might actually want to put those supply points into material, which would represent... Like, the actual materials needed to do those repairs. Okay. okay. So it's assumed that, like, we've got our little shop or whatever, and we, we, we've got a mechanic, or we know how to do it ourselves and all that. You don't start off with a workshop for doing repairs. Oh, you can still do repairs, <laughs> but it costs stress because it's just such a pain in the ass <laughs> to do it. It's also like if you're trying to heal but don't have a doctor on mm -hmm. staff, you can heal naturally, but it is stressful and so you that happens I, I think we would definitely want to like put those points towards finding a mechanic because <laughs> <laughs> well we we definitely need some repairs on the starfish and uh doing that ourselves sounds like a lot uh so how do you want to split these points between material and personnel also you max out at four and you've already got one of each okay yeah so let's do two and two two yeah. and two all right then each pilot checks to see if they did something that furthers their drive. Did anyone do something that furthers your drive? No. No. No? <laughs> That's fair. I, I did some stuff with piloting, but I don't think it proves I'm the best pilot. <laughs> I don't know. If I'd shown up another pilot, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I could make an but argument. That, that power slide? The power slide, but you, we left yeah. survivors. There are witnesses to tell the tale mm -hmm. of your prowess. Of that power slide, yeah. And, and we recorded yes, all true. of that. Like, yes. So. It, 
I mean, it's 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 a little weak, but I think you out of all of us have a chance of arguing that point. Yeah, but that that like that power slide is going to show up on like the the bootleg like you know Merck's anonymous World star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going to be on like the 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 forums and 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 be around. So people will be like, okay, that was pretty sweet. I mean, you did take an axe, half you know, chop a wheelie, and have that. There was some good stuff there. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So Mark, are taking your drive clock, Falcon. Next up is everyone gets a free upkeep downtime activity. This is like basic maintenance. The upkeep downtime activity, it represents, well, okay, like I said, it represents basic maintenance. And what it does is it refreshes your quirks. Nice. Each of you can choose to spend between like one or more materiel points. Mm -hmm. And if you do that... You spend, you roll as many dice as material you spent, mm-hmm. and you refresh a number of quirks equal to the results. Okay. So, but you don't have to do this because it does cost one material per die rolled. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's that's the way that you do your basic repairs. And if you like, if you're really jacked up, then you want to spend some material to get it. But if you've only got like one, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to get a minimum of one on the die. So I will just spend the material and, and repair my quirk. Yeah. Or even like, if you've only got one spent, you might even skip it to mm-hmm. save the material for something else. Like the starfish has like structural damage, right? Mm-hmm. In the form Ooh. of damage markers. I don't know how many quirks were spent of the starfish, but maybe, Two. yeah. So I don't know, maybe Phoenix, like, well, two is half of them, but if yeah. it was like none of them, right, or only one, maybe Phoenix decides, well, I'll skip the basic maintenance so that I can do the like major repairs instead, mm-hmm. you know? So does anyone want to do upkeep on their vehicle? Uh, I do. Okay. I spent three of my four quarters. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. How many materiel do you want to spend? So as a... As a squad, we have three yeah. currently. Yeah. yeah, you have three as a squad. I'll just spend one. All right. Okay, so roll that one die. I got a six, of course. Hey, there we go. Nice. Okay, so you refresh all of your quirks. It's a good maintenance day. I really actually like that we're going through and exploring some of the like repair activities, because I feel like for a game like this, where the mechs are such an integral part, it's nice to kind of see how that works and see a little bit of how that would go for mission to mission. Now, so for me, um, I I do have the rocked two point harm. Yeah. So so again, how would I try to repair that? Because I'm not affecting my quirks, but I would spend the material to try to negate that. So the way that that works is that after we go over the like mission completed steps, mm-hmm. uh, then y'all enter the downtime phase. Which represents what your play, what your pilots are up to between missions. And so one of the things you can do during downtime is take the fix action, mm-hmm. which represents trying to make those repairs that uh, you want to get done. Okay. So could I spend the material now to affect the quirks and then still do that later? Or, or will I need that material point for either or both? If I am recalling correctly, you don't need material to do the fixes, okay. but it can give you extra dice or improve like the result mm. level by spending material. Okay. So I'll I'll spend one then to try to get my quirks back because I, I can see those being very valuable, you know, in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I got a two, so I got both of them back. Nice. Nice. Okay, so then 
If the mission supports the patron faction's goal, you add a tick to that goal's clock. So we didn't go over patron faction or patron faction goal mm -hmm. because it's a very long-term play thing. But <laughs> if uh, we did have those and figure out whether or not it was beneficial, mm -hmm. then the last step for your rewards are you earn two rep. And then if the target... Uh, you're in two rep plus the difference between the tiers of yourself and the target. Okay. So the hatchet men are tier one. Y'all are tier zero. So you get a total of three rep. All right. And so what rep does is that uh, when you get 12 rep, uh, you can spend some supply points of material and personnel to upgrade your tier, nice. which means that your gear is higher quality to allow you to take on tougher challenges. Okay. Awesome. Uh, next is we do trust, and status is about how the mission affected your relationship with other groups. So uh, if a squad benefited from the mission, you get plus one with that squad status. So you worked with the 99th Intelligence Corps, so you'd get plus one with them since you did a job for them. And then you write a single word descriptor for what they think of you now. So what does the 99th Intelligence Corps think of you after this mission? Awkward. Yeah. It should be positive because they have a positive opinion of you. I feel like ostentatious maybe. So it's like if they, if they need somebody to go in and distract from the fact that it's the Intelligence Corps, that it's just some some goofy nonsense people who are you know like who couldn't possibly be with any official agency because these guys are such goons like i i don't know i i kind of get the feeling that like it's distracting yes it's distracting that like they can send pe these people in people are going who are these people so maybe a little outrageous yeah yeah Truly, truly outrageous. <laughs> truly, truly. Okay, so oh, they think you're outrageous. Yes. Uh, if a squad was harmed by the mission, consider giving minus one or minus two to that squad status, depending upon how bad the damage was. So I think that's just a minus one mm -hmm. on the hatchet men. And what's the one word descriptor for what they think of you now? I feel like maybe reasonable, because we gave them a chance to surrender at first, and... Like, again, at the end, instead of stomping them, we were like, hey, we called it. So it should be something negative since they like you less. Mm. So you... Arrogant. Arrogant? Bullies, yeah. That's... Yeah, arrogant. Okay. Because maybe part of the setting is like, hey, when like when when you're done, you're done. That's just a, a thing, right? Is you, you just... Unless you're really a bastard, you don't go around stomping people after they've obviously lost. <laughs> so it's not like we don't get points for that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so then you adjust the trust of the faction targeted by the mission. So squads, your relationship with them, that can swing wildly from mission to mission because it's just a handful of people. So they're quick to, you know, form opinions about you. But with a faction, that's like... Uh, systematic mm -hmm. you know that's like trying to get a whole bureaucracy to change its views of you so this is where the trust system comes in so for the for the faction targeted by the mission the adamant council of nor was important infrastructure damaged no nothing yeah. no was a vip killed no you don't not that we're aware so. no <laughs> did civilians die 
One. one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's one. minus one trust. Uh, was their corruption exposed to their citizens? No. I don't think so. No. no. Uh, did at least one of their squads take casualties? Yeah. Yes. Yep. It's another minus one. Uh, was the mission's target high profile or well connected? No. 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 Uh, was the faction attacked in a region they control? Also no. And uh, did you have Vendetta with one of their squads at the start of the mission? No. No. Nope. Okay, so you lose two trust with the Adamant Council of Nor, which, because you started at zero trust with them, will lower your relationship to minus one. Uh, reset the, and then the, the trust, like, rolls over, so you're now at, uh, seven trust with them, but a minus one relationship. Nice. Uh, now we do the trust for the faction that employed the squad, so the DFS. Did civilians die? Yes, minus one. (laughs) Was the ROE broken? No. No, you didn't. You didn't intentionally employ force or threaten force against civilians. That just sort of happened. I still blame Timothy. <laughs> there was important infrastructure damaged. No, uh, was a squad that was not the mission's target and belongs to the employer harmed. No, was the mission successful? Yes. So you get trust equal to double the target's tier, which is two. So that puts you at plus two. Was at least one secondary objective completed? No. No. (laughs) No. And did you have Vendetta with one of their squads at the start of the mission? No. So you get plus one trust with the DFS, uh, which does not change your relationship because you're at zero trust. So now Mm. you're at zero, or you're at one trust and zero relationship with the DFS. Uh, you then do trust for your patron faction because it's possible to work for factions that are not your patron in this game. Oh, if you want to do stuff on the side. Okay. And the que- the questions for that are, was another faction aided? And were your patron's interests harmed? Mm-hmm. So even if you don't directly hurt your patron, just working for someone else makes them trust you less. Interesting. Okay. Makes sense. Um, but it's only a small amount, so it might not be enough to actually change like the uh, systemic view of the squad. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is trust done. The last step for mission completed is entanglements, which, for those familiar with uh, Blades in the Dark... This is where the unfairness of the war in specific and life in general (laughs) rears its ugly head. We are going to randomly generate something bad that happens to the squad. (laughs) It's something that uh, pushes forward the attrition of the war onto the squad. You're going to roll three dice minus your squad's relationship with your patron faction, which we can, I think, assume is the DFS, probably. Mm -hmm. So that's zero. So you're going to be rolling three dice on one of three tables, and those tables are determined by your relationship with the faction you just targeted, which is the Adamant Council of Nor, which is at a minus one. Who wants to roll three dice on table B, and will take the highest one? Gonna go for it, Chris. 
Sure. Uh, four. Four. Okay. Rivals. A squad with status zero throws their weight around. They threaten you, a friend, a contact, or other ally. Forfeit one rep or one personnel per tier of the rival, or stand up to them and lose one status with them. So, some bullies show up. Uh, who might it be? What would be a good squad to have come in and throw their weight around? Well, it's obviously Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, you didn't mention those earlier. Uh, so what tier do you think they are? Like, five. You think they're, like, absolutely the biggest? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, they're 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 just slumming it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that means that you have to forfeit five rep or five personnel points or stand up to them and lose one status. You do not have five rep or five no. personnel. So uh, I, I think what it is is they challenge us to like uh, a a bar uh air guitar night. At the local <laughs> pub and just ruin us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. And so you lose one status with them because I guess maybe y'all get a little salty over it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that's entanglements. So now in normal play, we'd go to downtime. Uh, this is where you would cut loose to relieve stress. You could fix your machines. You could recover to try and heal your pilot. If you didn't get enough quirks back, you could do upkeep. If you managed to bring along a vehicle from the mission, or if you just want to get rid of your pilot's vehicle, you could salvage it for more supply points. <laughs> you could schmooze with one of the factions to try and improve your relationships and build trust. You could train and get XP for uh, one of the XP tracks on your playbook. You could enhance and work towards discovering a new quirk for your vehicle. You could acquire asset, which is gain temporary access to something, whether it's an item, a set of items, a cohort, a service, vehicle, just a whole bunch of different things. Mm -hmm. You could... Uh, work on a long-term project, which is basically spend how it, like, you fill up a clock through working on this project narratively, and then when it's completed, you get to basically do anything uh, that is narratively appropriate, and whatever your goal is will determine how long the clock is. So if you wanted to start by clearing the rubble out of that sculpture garden, you could be like, Okay, that's probably like a six-tick clock for a long-term project. Mm -hmm. And then when that's completed, you've cleared out the rubble, and that probably gives you a tick towards your drive clock. Nice. Okay. Or maybe you want to break the rules, because that is something that is explicitly allowed with long-term projects. And maybe Falcon's like, you know what? I could really use the uh, drone carrier that the Scout playbook has on my vehicle. So I'm going to start a long-term project to build one of those for myself. Nice. And then get gear that is restricted to a different playbook in your own. And then the last thing you can do during downtime is collect, which is basically you decide you're going to go and collect quote-unquote taxes 
from a nearby region and get some supply points with the possibility of getting another entanglement if the dice go badly. Nice. My The, the big thing to highlight here, in my opinion, in terms of rules, is the cut loose mm-hmm. because uh, that feeds uh, the cut loose connection assist loop in Beam Saber mm-hmm. because y'all were assisting each other during this mission and spending stress, and the way you get stress back is by cutting loose, which is where you have a scene of your pilot and one of the other pilots in the squad you decide doing something to relieve stress this Mm -hmm. might be you know like getting drinks together or maybe you just chew them out because (laughs) of something they did during Mm -hmm. the mission or you know maybe you like work on your vehicles together quietly Mm -hmm. you know and just be very camaraderie and uh then at the end of that you roll dice equal to the number of connections you have with that pilot and you heal that much stress nice equal to the highest results if you roll over the amount of stress you have then you overindulge and something bad happens <laughs> and after you heal that stress you add another tick to your connection clock with that pilot you nice. write a new belief about them for uh as you gain a deeper understanding of who they are and then the next time you go to assist them during a mission it'll cost you more stress but you'll also provide an additional benefit so instead of just giving a die or effect or position you can now provide two of those oh cool nice yeah do you all want to go over xp and the end of session yeah let's do it yeah okay let me just pull that up. Uh, there's a couple of steps for this. Now, this is quite, because we're like really flying through this and not getting any of it broken up with like scenes in character. Mm. This seems really like backloaded. <laughs> it, it flows much more narratively mm. in like play. Sure, of course. Uh, so the first thing to do is check the squad's XP goals and mark one XP if they happened once or 2 XP if it happened more than once. Okay. For the mechanized cavalry, uh, your XP goals are, did you execute a successful battle, delivery, or rescue operation? Yes. Yeah. So you get an XP for that. Did you face off against challenges above your pay grade? I don't think so. Wasn't it equal tier? No, the hatchetmen were actually one tier higher. Oh, then Yes. Uh, did you bolster your squad's reputation or develop a new one? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. We gained some rep. Yeah. And did you express the goals, inner conflict, or essential nature of the squad? This one is hard to answer off of, like, the first session, as you don't quite have a feel for, like, what the squad is yet. Mm-hmm. But it's something, you know, that you'll learn as you play. Okay. Okay, so then it's your pilot's XPs. Falcon. Yes. Uh, did you address a challenge with piloting or violence? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that happened at least twice. Yeah. So mark two XP. Uh, you can put that into your playbook XP or any of your attribute XP. Okay. Uh, did you express your history, tragedy, or opening? Uh, nope. And did you struggle because of your beliefs, scars, or quirks? Mm, I don't think so. Well, 
I did believe that uh, Possum there is going to get somebody killed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you you did, because so, he had the, the scientists ready to follow him, and you caused him trouble. So take mm-hmm. an XP for that. Nice. Okay. Speaking of Possum, mm-hmm. did you address a challenge with procedure or management? Uh, I mean, not really. <laughs> like, I mean, unless you count the cold, like, kind of organizing the, the like, having them get to the place that we wanted them to be and, and having, the, you know, what's-his-face do the driving, uh, having Bob do the driving and organizing that. But that, I don't know if that really counts. Yeah, you, you were managing those rovers. Okay. So you can take an XP for that. Did you express your history, tragedy, or opening? Not really. Okay. And did you struggle because of your beliefs, scars, or quirks? I don't think so. Okay. So you get your one XP. Of course, as with all things, as you become uh, more familiar with your characters and as you internalize the XP triggers more, then you're more likely to, you know. Yep. Also, these also apply during downtime as well. So if we were doing a session like that was entirely downtime, you would also get asked these questions. Oh, awesome. Um, did you address a challenge with, oh, sorry, this is for, uh, Phoenix now. Did you address a challenge with understanding or poise? May I don't know. Maybe like when I first tried to get them to stand down, yeah. I may get hurt. Mm-hmm. Like I used, you know, my, I tried, I don't know that I succeeded. <laughs> well, you also, at the very least, the pilot at the end, mm-hmm. right? Oh, that's true. Yeah. 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 You, you, it was pretty understanding to not just end him. <laughs> and instead offer him to walk away. So you get an XP for that. Did you express your history, tragedy, or opening? Not really, no. Okay, and did you struggle because of your beliefs, scars, or quirks? I didn't struggle in the game, but again, because I worried about Possum's uh, loyalties, mm-hmm. probably in downtime I might have explored that some. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's fair. Okay. So that is the XP. I mean, it was super convenient that he mm-hmm. had the plans I needed right when I needed them, but they were <laughs> flawed. Yeah. Shaky. <sighs> so then the next step for end of session is we ask questions about uh, what the next mission should be. This Ooh. is to let the players give some input on what they want the next mission to be like. And also to give the GM some direction on what they should be prepping for. So we ask questions like, are you following up on a mission's, on a previous mission's outcome? Yes. So I, I think the next mission is actually going to the funeral for the scientist <laughs> who uh, tragically died at some point before this mission, clearly. Not in this yes. mission. Um, and rounding up all of his friends who show up. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just getting the rest of the the research team. Yeah, that or we go and TP Jim and the holograms' houses or flatten all their tires. I mean, they, yeah, they shamed us hard. Yeah, but they're tier five. Like they they've got a whole thing <laughs> that we we don't. We're not there yet. I think. I mean, you joke about TPing their houses, but I ran a year long campaign of Beam Saber. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the missions that came out of it was like essentially, uh, doing that, uh, to another, <laughs> to a squad that they had vendetta with. Nice. See, that's what you do is we TP their house, but we blame it on another tier five faction. Okay. There we go. So that's, they fight each that's other the thing, yes. and we relish in their pain. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
So, so there's unofficially a list of four things that make up a beam saber campaign, and mm. false flags are one of them. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So then, then sort of, if if we were going with uh, Richard's idea of scooping up the other the other scientists, that sort of answers the next question, which is: Is your aim to seize a squad upgrade, hurt the target, aid yourselves, or aid another squad? Mm, I mean seize the target i guess maybe or would we be providing security at the funeral so that the other five don't get kidnapped again yeah that's a good pot that would be another follow-up so that would be aiding our squad's reputation mm-hmm. yeah and then you can the next question is is there a specific area you want to target if there's like a particular region that the squad's interested in which everyone has the most cameras <laughs> <laughs> yes and then is there a specific resource you want to acquire with the next mission? I think goodwill mainly. It's just yeah. kind of the like, okay, look, yeah, we're we're doing the thing. We're very sad about it, but we're professionals. Yeah. That's what I'll paint on my new gun. <laughs> goodwill. Good call. And then are you targeting a squad weaker, stronger, or about the same as you? Probably, I would imagine, stronger, because whoever's going to show up, if if the the hatchet folks come back again like to to try and get them back as their redemption i would imagine that if they're still tier one after the loss of one and a half wheelies like (laughs) they're they're not going to be too happy about it but yeah okay and also as a note is that these questions can be answered both like in character or out of character whichever like feels most appropriate and the last question is, are you targeting a specific squad or faction? I mean, basically, we're protecting ourselves from the hatchet men, I think. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. Them coming back and trying to steal them back. Because yeah. we know that's coming. You're trying to kidnap what we've rightfully stolen. Mm-hmm. So that, that, gives you, <laughs> that, that gives everybody a good idea of what to expect from the next mission as you go into downtime. And gives the GM some direction on what to plan. Awesome. Uh, th- there's a couple more questions, which, like, we don't need to get into. It's basically the first one is checking on everyone's emotional state. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, these games get dark and people feel bleed. And mm-hmm. so it's good to check in at the end of a session over these things. And also part of this end of session process is not just to learn the answers to these questions, but to use it as a debrief period. Mm-hmm. So that people can sort of like uh, disentangle themselves from where they were at when they were playing the game. Mm-hmm. And then you ask, you know, as part of this debriefing, what everyone liked about the session, what they want to see more of in the future, and what uh, if there was anything that they disliked about the session and what they would want to see less of in the future. So again, getting more direction for the mm-hmm. GM and the other players and continuing the uh, debriefing uh, process. And that's Beam Saber, aside from doing downtime. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you so much. This this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this. Uh, This is my first Forged in the Dark type of game. I said I read a little bit about it, but I'd never actually played it. Uh, So before we go, a couple things. So, Austin, uh, this is a game you are playing on Kickstarting, correct? Yes, I am going to be launching the Kickstarter on March 2nd if everything goes according to plan. I, I have been working on this Kickstarter for a couple months now. So I think I, I, there's just two things I am waiting on 
And honestly, neither of them is an impediment to actually launching the Kickstarter. So unless something completely unexpected happens, March 2nd, Kickstarter goes up for Beam Saber. Awesome. Fantastic. And then any links that you have for the Kickstarter or just any links to materials in general, let me know. I'll include those in the show notes. So anyone listening, if you want to check out the Kickstarter or just, again, what's currently available to peruse, there will be links in the show notes for all of that. We don't know yet when this is going to come out, but it probably will be right around that time. So if you're listening to this, there's a really good chance that the Kickstarter is either live now or will be within a few days. Uh, Austin, was there anything about our game that we didn't get a chance to highlight something that you think would be, you know, it's a key aspect. Is there a different playbook or anything that you just want to quickly talk about that maybe this this didn't give a good example of but is is a part of the game that normally would come out? I mentioned briefly the cut loose stuff during downtime, which I think is really key. So I won't talk about that again. Uh, one other rule that people seem to really enjoy and that I'm really happy with is dire actions, which is that when you, the, the thing that we didn't get to because none of y'all uh, ran out of stress or quirks is that when that happens, if it's uh, your quirks, then your vehicle is removed from the scene, but your pilot can continue acting. And if it's stressed, your pilot is removed from the scene. The vehicle is gone, too, at that point. But when that happens, instead of removing yourself, you can choose to take a dire action, which is basically pushing your pilot or your vehicle beyond its limits to the point of damage. And so what that lets you do is keep acting. And you get one more action. And if you roll a six, you get another action after that. So you can take multiple actions if you keep rolling sixes. If you roll less than a six, then your vehicle or pilot is forced to leave the scene, and you take a level three harm or damage as appropriate, as you nice. have like completely strained your body or vehicle beyond <laughs> all measure. Um, in addition to whatever consequences you would normally suffer from rolling less than a six. Uh, so things cool. can be real bad if that happens. It's def definitely a desperation move. But if you roll a crit on a dire action, you heal one stress or one quirk and can get <laughs> back in the fight and act normally. Oh, that's very cool. All right. So one more time, uh, Austin, your socials and any links, websites you want people to go check out. Yeah. Um, so I'm Austin Ramsey. Uh I am the primary GM for the You Don't Meet in an Inn podcast, which is about exploring obscure tabletop role-playing games with a rotating cast. Uh, you can find both myself and the podcast on Twitter at NotAnInn. That's N-O-T-A-N-I-N-N. -N. And you can find any of my game design work, including Beam Saber, but I also have a couple other small games up on my itch page, which is austin-ramsay.itch.io. And uh, if you go there, there will definitely be a link to the Kickstarter if I have a URL when you hear this. <laughs> Hopefully you will. Hopefully. Mm -hmm. All right. Excellent. And Richard, same for you. Yeah. So uh, you can find me personally at uh, rkreutzlandry on Twitter. Um, but the thing that I'm going to be working on uh and have been working on for a while is descent into midnight uh if this is airing in early march uh that kickstarter will probably still be uh going on uh and you can check out more information uh on twitter at dimrpg uh or just at descent into midnight.com 
All right. Thank you very much. Really appreciate you playing and uh, participating with us. <laughs> oh, today. yeah. All right. Chris, what about you, sir? Easiest way to find me is on Twitter, Burlu underscore Chris. Uh, otherwise, you can listen to me on the Redemption podcast. We're a Star Wars AP. And soon we should have Tales of Blood and Stone going nice. again, which is a Shadow of the Demon Lord actual play. Looking forward to that. All right. Again, as for myself, Michael here at the RPG Academy, everything I do, you can find at the RPG Academy on any various social media. You search for that, you're going to find me. Uh, if you don't, let me know because I got to go have a conversation with someone apparently. Uh, so thank you all very much for joining. I had a lot of fun with the game. Austin, thank you so much for sharing. Wish you absolutely the best success with the Kickstarter. And uh, we'll check back in with you when we get around to that. Okay. Sounds good. All right, everyone. Thanks, Ben. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.